G'day everyone and welcome to our latest episode in our Clubs in Days series. We are now on to the Brisbane Lions and I am here with my co-host Liam. How are you going Liam? I am incredible. Keen as mustard to talk about another dominant AFLW fantasy side. Yes, they were indeed very, very unlucky last season not to win the premiership but remain a very strong contender. So Liam, tell us a bit about the Brisbane Lions. Well, yeah, thanks for stealing the first thing that I was going to talk about. They uh, went 9-1 and one during the uh, regular season, and then they lost in a grand final, which, just a sidetrack, they could have very nearly gone the entire season completely undefeated. They had a combined loss margin below a goal, and it took a Richmond side that truly came out of the bag out of nowhere, and I think it a very windy game as well, mm. and then a game on a ground no one has ever played on before <laughs> in a grand final where the best on ground is a key defender. It's not a normal game. So completely dominant side. But I'm really burying the lead here, which is for a side that had been so well put together for so long, they lost a boatload mm, yes, in the offseason. Absolutely. Some big name outs. And a big name outs, and it's generated some big name smug in some uh, podcast hosts who potentially go for Hawthorne, Jono, uh, because Emily Bates is gone. Batesy. And also Greta Bodie is also gone. Star midfielder, and great goal kicker. That's a big loss. That, those are huge, huge outs. And then to top it all off, former Grand final, best on ground, Kate Lutkins is also out for this season because she's having a child. And that kind of leaves us in the lurch. Mm. Well, us. I'm really getting involved in Brisbane this time. <laughs> Literally leaves Brisbane in a precarious position. But they have added yep. two former sons who look like they could be fascinating in Jade Progelli, key defender, and then also the off-discussed, off-most-frustrating player in the fantasy world, Ellie Hampson. Absolutely. And speaking of those two, we had the absolute pleasure of having a chat with both of them at the same time. This is our first ever 2v2 interview. So we're going to jump into that right now. It's Will and Liam chatting with Ellie Hampson and Jay Brigelli. G'day, everybody. Welcome to this interview. Uh, I am joined by Will, my co-host, and today G'day. we're joined by... Two excellent Brisbane Lions. We've got Ellie Hampson and Jade Progelli. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you, Liam and Will. Uh, we're very excited to be on. No, we're, we're always excited to have, uh, have players come on. Just a question to throw to you both. You've, you've both left the Suns and joined Brisbane this year. What was this off-season like for you? Jade, I'll you go um, first. I was going to say age before beauty. Um, <clears throat> I, yeah, the off-season for me was pretty rough, um, not knowing what was next on on the on the cards for me. Um, I definitely wanted to play footy. Like I'd rehabbed really hard and I was ready to come back after my ACL reconstruction. And I was in a really good headspace, you know, just ready to take whatever was presented on. Um, and then, you know, all up in the air and no real – task right in front of me with a club so 
yeah, pretty unsettling to start. But then um, actually Ellie was a huge rock over that period for me, um, just sort of saying, look, you've got more in you. You're a really good footballer. Um, need to see you go around again. Um, and that aligned with what I wanted to do as well. So, yeah, I just started, um, got myself a manager for the first time and said, I'm interested in in playing, find me a club because I know that I belong in the league. And, um, and yeah, so from there I reached out to Brisbane um, sort of after a really nice holiday in New Zealand um, over the Christmas break. And, um, yeah, Craig was interested. So it was just a matter of if there was space for me at Brisbane. Um, I'm a diehard Queenslander and I really <laughs> love Queensland footy. So, I, you know, and being down the road from Brisbane um, for the start of my AFLW career, I could see how hard they worked and what an elite program it was from the outside. Um, and, you know, I just, I was always interested. So, um, yeah, I reached out to Craig and the interest was mutual. Um, he's actually got a bit of a role in my return to AFL Um uh, back to AFLW altogether. So it was kind of a nice little fitting um, finish to end up at Brisbane um, post the post the off-season. Um, but it was really long off-season, right? So not only was, um, you know, was I without a club for a little bit there, I had a lot of downtime and then, you know, a lot of time to rest and recoup as well. So, I mean, coming off the back of rehabs, you know, you, you're always kind of rushing straight into it and finishing at a really – fast pace so you can get back to your sport whereas I got to take the foot off the pedal a bit and and settle and then um get going again so it's been good very good and I suppose Ellie for you you've come over for the Suns as well very different circumstances via via the trade how how's it gone for you and a question I suppose that can throw into what Jade was saying did you two have any discussions about it or was it just pure coincidence that you've ended up there together I would definitely um be lying if we said we hadn't had a chat or two about it um obviously like you said very different situations um but we just supported each other in different ways there was never like a plan or anything like that it it was more of just like support and what was better for either of us individually and that just ended up being the same place um which yeah obviously works a lot in our favor and being um as close as we are you know we spent the four years at the suns together and um, plenty more outside of that than just footy. Um, we were, yeah, we we then landed both in the same same boat. Um, but that was definitely not us sitting sitting over dinner making a mastermind plan. We just you know lots and lots of different conversations and um, both like landed in that avenue, I guess. So it was definitely probably the hardest decision I've had to make to date. Obviously, in my life football career, um, being you know, the son's first kind of player. I was in the leadership group. I had obviously worked extremely hard to get where I was in the club and I had a lot of really, really good, um, meaningful, <clears throat> I guess, relationships in that club. Um, it was just whether I seen myself continuing to grow there or not. Um, and I think they've got their program to a really, really exciting stage and I'd like to hope that I played a part in that as the Jade. Um, but whether that was going to continue to work for, for myself, um, I, was, I was excited to explore that option. Um, so I think, yeah, like I said, it was, it was, a, it was a very, very difficult decision. Um, nothing would have been the wrong decision, um, just different outcomes, I guess. And I, I was really, really ready to 
probably step outside my comfort zone a bit. Sons was all I'd ever known, um, academy through them. Um, they were great in, in helping me through the early stages of my career. Um, lots of rehab through them, learnt lots and lots of, <laughs> lots of lessons, um, you know, coming in as a kid, leaving as more of an adult, I'd hope, um, a, a lot more mature. They had a lot of patience and time um, with me. Um, but yeah, again, like I said, very, very difficult. Appreciate them for everything they did, but, um, made, made this decision off the back of myself and where I probably will, will be challenged the most and be able to, to grow the most. So, um, after obviously not only chats with Jade, um, a lot of time actually on my own, I, I spent a good, um, two, two months, um, really, really in my own space at the start of this year and uh, working closely with my manager and the club. Um, the Suns were were like in every conversation up to date. They were, you know, there was that conversation had before I'd even had a conversation elsewhere. Um, on that blessing towards that, I was still listed as their player. Um, I had another year with them, so made it a bit of a different situation. But I think that was just even more learnings in that Um and my manager played a huge part in that in, you know, if we're going to do this, we'll do it the right way. We'll keep respect in, in this industry. Word gets around. So we got to do this the right way. And again, had some really, really tough conversations. But if I, if I wanted to make a big, tough decision, I had to put my big girl pants on and have some tough conversations. So, yeah, was definitely um, definitely a time, that's for sure. A little bit of stress was had <laughs> and a lot, yeah. of, um, a lot of time to think about a lot of things. It sounds like you both had a fair bit of time to think about things and, and stressful decisions in, in very different ways. And funnily enough, Jade, you're coming off an ACL recovery where you've had a lot of time to think. And Ellie, I'm right in thinking that you've had surgery over the off-season. When you were making that decision, was did you know that you know surgery might be on the cards and you'd arrive at Brisbane and be part of the recovery group? Or was that something that kind of came afterwards? Yeah, it was pretty much smack bang in the middle of it all. Um <laughs> So I ended up having a, a min- <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it has been around for about, for the two seasons that were squeezed into the year. Um, we, you know, a bit of cortisone, trying to deal with it different ways. And then it got to a point where I was having these conversations, um, you know, higher people in the club knew, physios didn't obviously know at the Suns and I had to also understand where my body was at. So I'm talking to them like, oh, it's still this. And they're like, I think we need to look at a surgical opinion. And I'm going, holy shit, I could be out the door in two weeks. And they're looking at a surgical opinion. This is a bit scary. Um, and then obviously in those conversations, I had to be honest with um, Brisbane and in knowing where that was going. I was early days, but I obviously didn't know surgery was that option. And then they obviously looked into it themselves. Both clubs investigated it um, individually. And then when the handover happened, the handover happened to the Lions and they were really on board with what they they knew what they wanted to do once I got there and, and they didn't care whether that had me on the pitch for the the next week I was there or in six months when I was ready. So, um, yeah, and obviously I think that's in both of us. We both signed two-year contracts, so they made that quite clear. That was a question of mine coming across. I had had have had a history of injuries, so... I was more like us for that commitment by them as well. If I was to come across, you know, this club has really supported me through that. Um, obviously, they have those same visions and goals as they want to keep that and retain that list. They they obviously were on board with the rehab process. But, no, it wasn't super known until probably quite late in, in the process. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you were known for having just tape on, like, 
what looked like (laughs) as unfortunate as it sounds it did i'm not surprised there might have been a a lingering a lingering injury i don't think they were pardon (laughs) that's what happens when you go too hard i suppose similar question for you jade obviously as we've mentioned a few times coming off that acl injury how's your fitness going shaping into this new season and are you expecting to have an early impact or is it more building up the fitness how are you going this preseason yeah, so preseason's already kicking my ass and we're, you know, a week and a half in. Um, but I thrive on that. Um, I really like working hard. And in terms of the knee, um, I was talking um, to someone the other day and the knee's not a concern anymore for me. Um, That's good. In my, yeah, in my mind, I've been back for a long time. Um, and, and yeah, I've got great confidence around that. Um, and the club got me recovered. So like it, we, I was, you know, open training from the moment I arrived. Um, so yeah, there's been no restrictions or limitations on my capacity at training whatsoever. So I've gotten the full experience, the full Brisbane Lions experience. Um, and I'm loving every minute of it. So yeah, no concerns from that perspective. Um, it is definitely like my story though. Like I'm one of those ACL athletes now. Um, but yeah, um, do you guys have your own Facebook group or WhatsApp group? Yeah, yeah, we've actually got a pretty, we've got a pretty good team. If you were to just set up an an AFLW ACL team, we'd we'd go all right, I reckon. You've like you've got some good players in there. I'm one of the I'm one of the lesser. Uh, you'd have you'd have, a, you'd have most of the Collingwood midfield. At, well, in Collingwood in midfield group. Kiara Bowers as well. Kara Bowers, yeah. See, we'd we'd absolutely kill it. Um, I'd it's start so, on the bench. But that sounds that sounds like a pretty good fantasy <laughs> yeah. team to me, actually. Like bringing all of those That's, ones. Maybe I need to get around this fantasy league and and set up that <laughs> AFLW team because I, I the ACL team that'd be that'd be all right. Um, so yeah, so I'm I wouldn't say fresh as a daisy because it has been well over eighteen months since I've done a preseason session. So the first couple yeah. have knocked me around a bit. Um, but it's part of the process. It's actually it's almost like a game, you know, trying to get the right amount of work to the right, right amount of rest to the right amount of recovery and then just balancing all that in between. I still work three days a week. This is the first time I've dropped off in workload um, with the Defence Force. So, yeah, it's, it's a whole new adjustment and a whole new club, a whole new environment, different vibes. Um, and, I'm, yeah, it's really enjoyable at the moment and just, just cracking in. Yeah, sounds good. And and you mentioned Kate Lutkins before. Experienced key defender is now out due to pregnancy. Are you sort of expecting to slot straight into her role, I suppose, or have you been in discussions about what you think you'll be playing for the Lions? If I could be anything remotely near Kate Lutkins, I'd be pretty <laughs> bloody happy. Um, she She's phenomenal and I've known and played footy with her for a long time. Back in 2009, 2011, we played footy together. Um, for Queensland. So, yeah, her her missing out this season is actually quite inconvenient to me because I wanted to be training with my mate, right? Like I was pretty happy <laughs> yeah. to come here and, and play with her. Um, so, yeah, look, I'm a defensive player. There's no there's no denying that. I'm obviously looking to expand my skills across the field. Um, but yeah, I, I imagine if I do get on the, on the pitch, it'll be in the, it'll be in the back half. Um, yeah. As I don't. Feeling the role of Kate Luckins is a bit a bit of pressure, um, <laughs> and like I said, but the way I feel at the moment with you know a week and a half into preseason, if I if I manage to keep up, 
there's a there's a slight chance that I'll you know be able to run out the game like she did. But um, yeah, you'd have to be pretty bloody good. So I guess that that's the goal, right? For sure. Yes, I, th- I would say that like in anyone's career, you're like, oh, yeah, I'd like to aim for the All Australian. That's that's not a bad place to start. Oh, I think best yeah, on ground yeah. and grand oh, finals, not bad either. That, or you're that too. <laughs> um, Ellie, yeah, fair question, question for you then. Like you've obviously come from the Suns where we had a chat with Tara Bahana last year and, and we heard that the coaching staff was, was all about trying to get players who could play across multiple different lines and multiple positions. It might be a little different for you given you're coming off your surgery and probably not doing a full pre-season, but were you given some indication by the Lions that you'd be in training in one position, like they wanted you in the midfield, did they want you on half forward, half back? Did you kind of get any indication or is it just like get in the club, we'll figure it out when you get here, we want to maximise your talent? Um, yeah, probably just briefly. Jade is being extremely um, humble over there. <laughs> She's been killing <laughs> like the lead up to preseason. She literally went down, like she said, for the first time ever from full time about two weeks ago. So she's been training like ridiculously up until then to work full time and then still trek up from the Gold Coast, etc. But um, she's in beast mode at the moment and expect big things this season. Um, but yes, no, I think going into the Lions environment. Um, they approach their conversations as they approach, um, as you can imagine. So there is never a clear answer. Like there is never a a straight line. You will play here for us. You know, it's always um, we see your strengths here. We see you you can play in this part or this part of the ground. Um, But, you know, until round one rolls around, no one in the list of 30, not Ali Anderson, runner-up, I mean, BNF, um, or league best like, and fairest winner. League, <laughs> league best and fairest, that's the one. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, to their their new draftees, like there is no one that is guaranteed or not guaranteed a spot. So um, obviously I have my own individual goals. They're aware of those. They have where they would ideally like me to play. Um, but there's never, I don't think any player in that team will ever just have one, one distinguished position, um, whether that be like you you keep pretty much defenders. But other than that, they all kind of roll around a bit and have a crack in the forward or mids or anything else. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I think they definitely uh, would never give one solid answer. But like I said, everyone has their goal and their aspiration and you work to that and then they'll work with that. So, Yeah, that sounds good. Although it, uh, Liam spent a lot of preseason talking about how he was super excited for you to come in and fill uh, Emily Bates's role. And so he's... Probably going to continue to be a bit frustrated that you haven't got the that singular role just yet because he spent much of last year as well going, Ellie Hansen, she's one of the best players going around, but she just doesn't have the right roles for fantasy. So he's going to be hoping that you do get that midfield role. But uh, Liam knows his stuff. He does know his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. And uh, <laughs> I, um, I should be putting my best foot forward to... Um, there is a spot. There is some opportunity in the list, and just a just I'm a certain player work... that left Brisbane. No, 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 no big name. At <laughs> yeah, all. no, no. Um, and I've obviously would like to create my own little whatever that is there. And if that helps us, helps us win some games, and that helps us win some games. And if that helps us win win a cup, then I'll be even happier. So, I yeah. um definitely will be will be working very very hard to try and help the list. You know, fill those gaps. So, yeah, we're, you go, sorry, Liam. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, you know, that outside of the 
the, on the hole in the midfield, there's another kind of hole in the forward line. A question for the, the pair of you, Jesse Woodlaw has, has left. Has this, is there someone that you know you guys see as a, a natural replacement to take her kind of role as that superstar leading goal kicker? Like you guys, we've obviously watched and seen Dakota Davidson has an absurd amount of talent. Is she or are they the one who are going to step right into that role or is there another name we should be on the watch out for? Possibly Jade Progelli. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm all day long. Hey, we're doing the pump ups now, so look. Get my vertical in. leap, my vertical leap isn't too shabby, but the hands need work. Uh, yeah, it's. Um, I think Ellie's right. Really well articulated in that. No one has a set position in that team, and that is why mm. they are such a team. And they're prepared to play across multiple lines and multiple roles because it's flexibility and adaptability. And yeah, they might put out a fairly similar team each week, but it's it's pretty well known across the board that you're just working your ass off to, to show, um, yeah, to be the best you and they're going to put you where they see you fit. You know what I mean? So, um, in terms of Jesse Wardlaw, um, yeah, fantastic. Um, I guess mate to the girls and, um, like I lined up on Jessie a few times as a defender um, and her height really only got the better of me, I think, um, the last game I played her. Um, but Dax got on her at training at the moment. She is a freak when she takes those marks. So I feel like, they, I feel like they're a bit of a duo, um, well, were a duo, um, and I don't feel like they really need necessarily a duo as such because they've got such talent in their small forwards. But, yeah, what do you think, Ellie? Obviously, I'm not out there. I see how they work and I, I do do my skills off to the side and all the rest of it, see a bit. But, you know, there's a hot contest on in there at the moment. And, again, similar to that midfield role, like there is a spot there for grabs for whatever tool that wants it. Um, and I think, you know, you've got your taste with your Dax, um, the ads of Courtney um, from that just came back over from the States. She's got like mitts, as you could imagine, being a basketball <laughs> player. You know, they've never caught yeah. a ball on their chest. So she doesn't catch anything other than out out in front. So um, she's she'll be firing as well. Um, don't know if I missed any tall forwards there. Correct me if I have. Um, but, yeah, it's a contest. <laughs> and, and again, like Dax is a freak. Tate plays a role in the rock and Courtney has got so much untouched talent. So I think whether that's this year or next year, like all three of them will be, will be having a running a bit of a mark, but Dax is in some fine form and she's hilarious doing it. So um, yeah. Yeah. Excited to see how that all go this year. Uh, sounds fantastic. So we'll bring it to a bit of a close there, but I'm going to ask you both the question that we love asking all the people that we bring on the show, which is it's early days, but has anyone so far at the Lions caught your eye and who do you think's prime for a big year in 2023? You're allowed to say each other if you want. <laughs> uh, no, I think I'm still so amazed by them up close. I know that sounds ridiculous, but like the way Courtney Hodder moves um, is just it's just mind blowing. Um, same for Bell Doors, Nat Grider. Like everyone's just working so hard. Um, and you know, I was at their rival club who got absolutely annihilated by them. So to be fair, I haven't watched too closely. It's not like I was celebrating their success until I was, you know, wanted to be one of them. So it was, yeah, from from my perspective, I the whole team is looking pretty, pretty feisty. I'm going to say that I'm a big fan of Hotter. Nice. Um, That's not a bad pick. Yeah, Courtney's just, she's made of something else um, and – yeah, God, I'd like, you know, 10% of what she's got. 
around the footy. So, um, how about you, Ali? Um, well, I don't know if I can give you an answer. I'll probably cop a bit of a backhand from too many players if I didn't say their name. So. <laughs> it's okay. I don't just, know. Just, yeah. we just won't tell them. It's fine. You're allowed to. Yeah. You're allowed to just throw it to uh, your teammate on the call, so you can you can Jade, pump her up if you want. <laughs> I am I am very excited to see Jade, um, man. You know, if if I've ever seen a work ethic similar to the greats, like you hear about. <laughs> like people making a comeback or people having a fire in their belly. Like it's it's Jade Jade P on the call. Like she she's got something else at the moment. She always has. She's I've looked up to her since I was in the system, obviously. Like she's been someone that I've held closely to my heart, along with the likes of a lot of other older players that I've played with since year one. Um, they've probably stuck around the longest. All those players in year one, like I still keep in contact with all of them regularly. You know, yeah, Hannah Dunn, Spud, Leah, Page. Jados, you know, may have again missed some, but players like her have really shaped the player I am today and the reason I have the work ethic I have and the reason I look up to players like Jay. Like they're just head down, bum up, shut your mouth, get it done. Um, and she's been getting it done like no one else. She was getting it done for a long time there and didn't even have anyone to be doing it for. It was purely for herself because she believed that she she was going to do it and she did. And I had no doubt for a second along with a lot of other people. Um, so... Yeah, well, she's got to prove this year is going to be exciting. It's going to be very fun. Um, and I can't wait to get on the park. Can I get that snippet? Because I'm going to need that pre-game we'll, we'll for the next. We'll send it to you in an email. You can just have to I need to listen. I need to, please, because if I, like, I need to listen to that every day now because obviously I've got a fucking <laughs> point to prove. Um, <laughs> thanks, Ellie. For, look, that's, that's, how, that's what makes you work hard and, yeah, far out. Too much, Ellie Hampson. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but but along along with Jade, I could say a lot of people on that list, but I won't because I will get backhanded by one, my housemate, Jade Ellinger, or Matt, or, <laughs> you could or, just or say any Jade. of them. You could just say you could have Jade. Just so, said, yeah, you could have started with Jade Ellinger. You could have gone <laughs> no, no, with no, no, oh, Jade oh, and no. hurt nobody. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There, Jade Oss, all of them. They're in fine form, man. I'm excited to see what they do. Uh, well, that sounds fantastic and good luck to both of you for the season ahead. Thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate your time. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, bro. Thank you very much. All right. Fantastic stuff there and apologies for our first ever uh, F-bomb on the podcast. Um, <laughs> some really interesting takeaways there, wouldn't you agree, Liam? Yeah. Well, I would have said even if they weren't fantasy relevant takeaways, the main one is the fact that Ellie was playing with like a bung knee and parts of the Suns didn't even know. Mm. I was baff. Oh, I was like gobsmacked. Yeah. Truly gobsmacked. Yeah, absolutely. And real characters, those two. So it was fantastic to have them on board. So now's the, the part that we love to talk about fantasy one to fives. Who's your number one? If you've been listening to any of our pre-season, any of our season eight content, it should come as a zero percent surprise that the number one player we want to discuss is Bell Doors. <laughs> For those who haven't listened, you've missed out. For those that have, you know why? <laughs> Congratulations! You're about to hear it again. You're about to hear it again. So Bell Doors, former first round draft pick, she has increased her fantasy average every year that she's played. In particular, she took in Season 7 an average of 50 up to 58. The reason why I'm fascinated by her is she just looks really good. Anytime she gets consistent 
over 50, over 60, 70% time in the midfield. She has for the last year, well, last season, she was that fourth wheel, which normally isn't is actually a good thing. But for Brisbane, she was the fourth midfielder in there. She did sit behind, you know, the shoulders in Spark, the superstar in Bates, and then, as it turns out, the best player in the comp, Ali Anderson. Yeah. It was kind of hard to steal points, which meant for a lot of the time in the game, she was running off half forward. She has all of the attributes she wants. She runs hard. She tackles hard. She can get around and kick goals. I hold that hope for the fact that she will be named as a forward because she spent about, you know, a third to close to half of the season lined up as a half forward. She's just damn good. Yeah. She is just a damn good footballer. She I hope to God she is a midfielder this year because if she is, she has all the talent in the world to be a superstar. Yeah, absolutely. And you were super strong on her preseason and then something happened which made you incredibly frustrated as this player always does. You're number two and I can sit in front of me, but it's our interviewee, Ellie Hampson. <laughs> These are some therapy exhales. and Deep breath, Liam. Nice and calm. So obviously you've just like a rant about Bell Doors. I have watched now Ellie Hampson intently for two seasons. One of them because I owned her, and then last season because I was always convinced that she had the ability to be a massive scorer because she's so good at the contest. She lays tackles, she's got an elite kick, just all of the attributes that she want, but could not nail down one role. And just when it was like, okay, kind of got to the back end of last year and outside of an injury that we now know is pretty catastrophic, mm-hmm. it was pretty good she managed to score what she did. She, like, finds a way to ruin, not ruin, just <laughs> frustrate. Because <laughs> so much talent. And it's like I was so keen to be like, Bell Doors is a play you have to have. And now it's like it could be Ellie I'm, Hampson. I'm trying to I'm trying to pick the player to replace Emily Bates if that isn't clear. Like if we talk about like market share of points, that's eighty points a yeah, game absolutely. available and on offer to a midfielder. Yeah, and it will be spread across a bunch of different people, and it might not equal exactly what she's averaged. But there is a lot of points out there for someone at Brisbane to score, and I. Would have loved to have said Bell Dawes was going to be that player, or at least she was going to, you know, pump it up to seventy because, you know, maybe a Spark was going to take more points, or a Conway, or a Wada Wada Wada. I can't do that anymore because right now I don't know who's going to replace the Bates role. Mm, and I think, and I, and and we we talked with those two, and they were pretty tight lipped about it. Yeah, I was about. To- they weren't really giving a lot away on who was going to play in that midfield role, and now Ellie's also coming. Our free hat. Yeah, I was about to say, we didn't really get a whole lot out of those two, and it makes sense. They're still pretty new okay. at the club. Let's not, be, let, let's not be so harsh. We didn't get a lot of super fantasy, like yeah. hyper niche takeaways. Uh, yeah, I mean, we didn't get a lot of it in terms of who's going to make up that midfield role, and they very uh, astutely said that, you know, it's a, it's a team effort. People are going to roll through there, and that's what we kind of expect anyway. But 
we were Liam in particular was really hoping that uh, we'd just say, Ellie, who's going to be in there? And she was going to say, I'm going to be in there or Baldor's is going to be in there. And unfortunately, we still don't know. We got nothing. (laughs) We got nothing nothing of the sort. And it was just so close. So close to what I wanted and the other, to hear. And the other thing about Ellie Hampson is there's a bit of the Chelsea Randalls about her, which is because she's been thrown around all over the place. She's listed in the midfield. Well, that's going to make it hard, a hard, uh, a hard, hard ask to, to really want to pick her. But if she's listed as a forward or a defender, well, there's there's upside there. There's a lot of upside the, there. The problem with that is she had a like a sixty percent two thirds midfield role at the Suns. She was, funnily enough, also the fourth wheel. Yep. But we're talking about the two sides that had the most tightly compacted midfielders for CBA percentages. And admittedly, that didn't always translate throughout the entirety of the game. Like, you would see that a Dawson, not a Dawson, sorry, a Hampson would be coming off of a half forward or a half back during the game. It just, knowing that she managed to still up her fantasy average last season, whilst having a pretty horrendous knee injury, having to have off-season surgery in a season in an off-season when she's already changing clubs, it just it doesn't grind my gears. I just think, oh, you just the timing's off. Mm, it's it's and and I think that the only thing that and and the biggest reason why Bell Dawes will stay one and Ellie Hampson, I I don't know if we could pick her is the fact she's going to come off a short in preseason. Mm. Uh, because she did quite late in the off season have that knee surgery. Yeah, I definitely think she she seems to fit into our the category that's becoming more and more prominent for us actually, which is that see how she goes across the first few rounds, and if she looks like she's going to be a premium, jump on it straight away. Yeah, but I don't know if there's enough confidence in that preseason to be sure that she'll have the role enough to say. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's an immediate points bump. So it might that's it might a, even a it might even be a real late season play. Actually, that could be interesting. That that is actually very mm. true. That could be, but again, it's kind of predicated on position, and I would have it. I would have a stab and say that it'll be midfield. Yeah, and if it is the midfield, probably not going to be the player to to move to. But going to be a, a great watch the uh, the Brisbane midfield, and that rolls us nicely into to number three and four. So obviously, we'll start at number three. Who is number three for you, Liam? Number three is someone who I, as an Essendon supporter, watch absolutely completely dominate the living daylight out of the Bombers and Steph Killer Wales. That is Talia Hickey. She is absurdly athletic, and I think she could be the pick for that ruck that takes it up into those primo areas. We've got three basically, last season. If you wanted to say that anything above a 70 in the ruck was a primo, you had Brianne Moody at 80, Gab Seymour, who's mid-70s typically had a couple of quieter games. She was 72 last year. And then, funnily enough, it's actually Caitlin Gould, who we talked about a lot on our last episode, or a decent amount. Yeah. She plays a forward. And then it drops away pretty quickly. Talia Hickey was R5, with an average of only 61, mm. right? But anyone that has watched her knows that she is absurdly athletic. But here's the reason. There are two reasons why I think she's upside this year. One, she's already pretty young. I think this this is only her fourth season. And you can still see that she's got more room to grow and more ground to cover and more marks to take. But the other thing that I think will be really helpful for her is because of the 
outs at Brisbane. Oh, my God. How did we talk this long about Brisbane and not talk about Jesse Wardlaw? Holy crap, we did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's probably one okay. of the major ones, yeah. Forgot about uh, that one. Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, Jesse Wardlaw's not playing there anymore, and I think she might have kicked a couple of bags last year. Oh, you yeah, know, just a few, but... Um... I mean, it's not not a big deal losing the leading no, goal kicker of the competition. No, I mean, we didn't have it as a major nothing. out, so who really cares? Oh, well, well, if we just pretend we said yep. Jesse Wardlaw, we we definitely know she left, <laughs> and that's my home. That's part of my point for Yiki, right? Is she would often be splitting time with Taylor Smith and as the ruck. And this was a good little and, tidbit that we got from uh, Ali and Jade, which was that uh, yeah, and. It, Taylor Smith. It was does. actually funnily enough a point that I'd been thinking about even before the interview, and that was one good tidbit that we did get, which is Taylor Smith sounds like she'll be a forward, mm. permanent forward. The, the the key duo of tall forwards will be Dakota Davidson and, and Taylor Smith, and I think Taylor Smith is someone that at the end of this current season, having watched her at times last year in the ruck, because she was hitting a decent number of ruck contests, if any AFLW team is short of rucks, that's a player to go for because she's also very athletically gifted. But I think the fact that even if Smith wasn't hitting a huge number of CBAs, she was hitting a decent number of ruck contests around the ground. And I think that there'll be slightly less of that as A, Hickey gets older mm. and gets stronger. Yeah. She's only, tw- she's only 22, forward. which is impressive, 22 yeah. years old. So there's definitely a lot and- of growth to happen. And like I think she just the big thing she's got the ceiling mm. right she she has that massive massive score in her I should actually pull that up whilst I'm here talking about her uh, she had like that massive score against Essendon and admittedly that was against a rookie who had not herself played that much which you know we won't read too much into it but yeah okay I wanted to be sure here she's got a hundred not a lot of rucks are scoring hundreds. 101 against anybody is pretty exceptional. And she also has the and, – and I think that's the other thing that I, I want to mention here is that it's the fact that outside of a couple of quieter games against the the Suns and Melbourne, so the Melbourne game in the grand final, throw that out the window, 42. That game was weird. Lauren Pierce didn't score any points. Like there were – it was, it was crap. Like for fantasy, I take no takeaways from it. It was weird. And outside of a 44 against Lauren Bella, who, funnily enough, for anyone that plays or watches the men's comp, the the similarities in Gold Coast rucks are actually outstanding because it's these just super physically dominant tall players that just like lumber around the ground and get all the taps. Don't take anything from that. Outside of those games, this is a consistently like 50 to 60 scoring player but has ceiling games, huge ceiling games where she can beat down on opposition. So she dominated against GWS going up against Cambridge McCormick. She had a really good score as well against the Bombers, obviously. And then even then, she had a great game against Lauren Pierce in Melbourne in round four. This is a player who has a ceiling. We know that she can do it, and I see some more time there for her. Beyond thinking about the strategy for rucks this year and where that value is going to sit, it will very much depend on the quality of the rookies that we get again. But if you were going to ask me, like, who in the the tier two and tier three fantasy rucks is going to become a tier one ruck, Tali Hickey's my pick. 
Yeah, and I think one of the things that I quite like about Hickey, you've talked a lot about her ceiling, but it's actually also her her basement or her floor of her scoring because take away that 44 that she scored against Gold Coast last season and that final, as you say, no scores no scores under 50. Like, even, yeah. even if that average isn't pushing up quite as high as we'd hoped, you're still getting a pretty consistent player. And I think that, that to me says that even if the value doesn't quite get you where we hope it will, you're still going to be pretty happy with how that turns out because there aren't going to be too many other rucks that are putting up those sorts of numbers. No, and I think that even then there are a lot of positions, there are a lot of players in mid-price brackets who have 30 floors. And I I would say that like that consistency outside of two odd games, well, not one, one odd game, and then a game against a really tough opposition suggests to me that this is a very talented player. This is someone who has a lot that they're able to do, and I rate Tali Hickey massively. If you can find any cut-ups of her playing, she is like 75% leg, <laughs> just so tall, and the legs are so long. It's, it's like I have nightmares about what she did in that <laughs> game against Essendon. It was like dominating. I think she got three votes as well. Yeah. That 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 was the game where I thought, oh, Tali Hickey looks pretty good. Like she's pretty good at football. Oh, damn, no, she's absurdly good. <laughs> well, speaking of absurdly good, we've got at number four a player I've, who I've I've got. Uh, thank you, thank you. We as in us and the listeners. Oh, yes. we have interesting. We you you've, you've listed someone here who had a, a fair old season. Put it, to put it simply, yeah, that's not big, right? I mean, she didn't do that much, right? I mean, she didn't get all Australian, so. <laughs> <laughs> so for the smart asses, well, for the non-smart asses, we're talking about Alia Anderson, um, who had a bit of a season, uh, broke out to her highest ever fantasy average. Did nothing else, no won no awards, nothing important. Uh, average of eighty-eight and really surprised everybody because there are a number of people out there that were, were hot on baits going bigger and better in season seven. And it was actually Ali Anderson who went back kind of above her heights of the past. She'd had a season in the eighties before, but her prior two years had she'd averaged 66 and 71. And then she's just gone huge with an average of 88 last year and looked every bit, you know, the best, you know, maybe M2, M3 you could pick. Yeah, and it was one of those ones where I think at the start of last year I said, oh, Ellie Anderson, super underrated player. And I meant that from not from a fantasy perspective because I knew she was usually scoring around that 80 mark, nothing necessarily jumping off the page at you, but I thought, you know, she's a really good player. So even for me who always had seen Ellie Anderson as, as a really, really good player in our game, to come out and win the league best and fairest, yes, we'll, we'll finally actually mention that. Um, it, it was a sensational season, and, and it's one that basically an, an average of 88 is going to put you in the conversation for, for fantasy relevance every day yeah, of the week. And I, I'm just putting her out there because the hole is the biggest. So the, the Emily Bates size fantasy scoring hole, setting aside kind of her skill generally, is the biggest we're going to have all preseason, all season to discuss. And you'll notice here that it's, and I didn't even discuss it with Talia Hickey, but it's the fact that there are possessions around stoppages to go around. Someone is going to have to increase their points. 
and it might be the player who takes the direct role or it's just someone who is already there who now has slightly more opportunities. And it's not an exact science. Like that's not how it goes. You just take one player out and you just disperse it across everyone else in the team otherwise because that's not how teams work. But if you do this consistently enough, you'll see that that kind of market share type of thinking will translate really well. And and Ali Anderson does have that ceiling. And Ali Anderson could be, and I, I don't know if she's necessarily going to be the, the starting pick. I think she might be in that awkwardly priced bracket because as much as she's, we say she's really good, I don't know if she's got a big enough ceiling to get to those kind of Hatchard, the kind of the 1B tier, mm-hmm. which is like Hatchard and Garner, yeah. which is kind of what she would need to do to push up that seven points. Like if you were going to ask me who from the 87 to 90 tier or 91 tier I would pick to go, it would be Georgie Prasparkas or Elise Parker. Whereas Anderson, a little bit older, I just don't know if she's got that super high rise, but I, I couldn't not talk about her because she is the one player that plays most like Emily Bates and would be most likely to benefit from extra points and extra opportunities in the midfield. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll finish up with your number five. And once again, we're still looking at that Emily Bates-sized hole, but you've actually listed two players here because there's a similar reason why they're interesting, which is they're both coming off ACL injuries and will be cheap. So who have you got left? Yeah. So I've got interviewee Jade Progelli, and I've also got Lily Postlethwaite because they're both going to be effectively basement price, whatever that ends up being, because they're both coming off ACL injuries from mid-game where – they basically had nothing. I think Lily Postles played a quarter of a quarter. Yeah, she's on. She scored one point. Yeah, for the she year. basically came onto the super field, rough. Basically came onto the field and did her ACL, which was really and, really and that was her second ACL injury in a row, and it was super rough to watch. Mm-hmm. And the problem that I've, I've come, we've kind of got here is that I, I don't know if you've noticed, but we're not talking about any of the rookies because, and we didn't mention this up the top, but when we talk about these teams, we've, we've prepared best twenty ones to go and look at. And the Brisbane one, there's not a lot of turnover in there in terms of like rookies coming in to fill gaps. And the closest that we can get is Willie Postlethwaite, who came out as another, again, high draft pick. She is someone that they had pegged to kind of play as a defender. And she'd previously been an underage kind of gun mid in the Quaffle W. And all reports that we've heard this season suggest that she's training as good as ever and is actually looking like pretty strong this preseason. She will be, and you would kind of hope that because she's spent more years in the system at Brisbane, she will have some better job security. Mm, Absolutely. But it obviously comes with the injury risk and it might be we just have better options. And to be honest, I don't know what position she's going to get given. Mm. So it's just a name to put away in your black book. It's, it's, it's It's a... Fairly safe rookie pick if she plays because you know that she's she's been in that system. I think that's not a bad one. Jade Progelli is a little bit different. Uh, still coming off the ACL, but not quite the one that we think will fill the uh, uh, Emily Bates-sized hole. What's uh, the story with Jade Progelli? Well, Jade Progelli, key defender, um, not a someone who's three years out of the draft um, and who has done her ACL, you know, a few times and been super high draft pick has come from being a, you know, a very important key defender at the Gold Coast and with, you know, 
very unlucky to have done that ACL injury and had started to to really look like an incredibly important part of that backline. I think we would be remiss to not discuss her given she will be priced at rookie price. And if all reports from that interview and anything that we've read, because at time of recording about a week ago, there were a bunch of articles from Brisbane preseason from Gemma Bastiani. It sounds like she is someone that is just, she's primed to just play the role that Kate Lutkins yeah, is playing. Absolutely. And I don't know if she may have the same ceiling. We know that her high score ever is a 70. Yep. Because to peel back the curtain, we were having a discussion before our interview and we made the, the two interviewees guess what their highest fantasy score was. Jade's guess hers was like in the 30s or 40s. Her high score ever is 70. Ellie Hampson thought hers was a 90. Turns out she's not done that. Yeah. It's also still in the yeah. 70s. 73, I, I, I believe. Probably, probably should have mentioned that when we were talking about <laughs> it. Not always got the, the super high ceiling, but I just think it's there if she has the role. But I'm getting sidetracked. Jade Progelli, going to be rookie priced if she's has the potential to be best 22, best 21. She has the height that they need to replace with Kate Lutkins going down. I think you have to consider her as a bench rookie defender because she'll have the job security. And there have been times in the past where if she's playing best 22, she can go on runs of scores in the 40s and 50s, which for your rookie bench cover in a season without a lot of rookie options, you've got to look there. Yeah, especially with the more experienced body there, it means that she's probably going to be able to last a bit longer and hopefully we'll have a bit more job security because she knows what her role is going to be. But I would I would also, like, it's a little different than at the Gold Coast Suns where there weren't many scoring options in that back line. No one in that back line at Gold Coast can score what Phoebe Monaghan did. Mm-hmm. Last year. That was one out of the bag, I'll say that. That was one truly <laughs> out of the bag, but I don't know if anyone even close to does that at the Suns. Yeah, that's true. Like, Brooke Conan can score decently enough on a day. Shannon Campbell won a bloody best on ground in a grand final. Mm. Yeah. Like, Brie, Brie Conan, as you said, was an All Australian and, and uh, yeah, and not, not, not scoring hundreds. So, no. So, I think that's the big thing is I don't know if it's going to be the consistent 40s she had for, you know, half a season stretch or even just like decent enough rookie-ish scores because it's going to be more congested. But if we are without any options, particularly if there are other players who don't have that wealth of experience, who don't have that job security, Progelli is one to put in your black book. Very good. Uh, I'm going to let you introduce this next one. Oh, yes, yes, okay. So now we've got the Will Special. The Will Special. And this is a player who I think was a bit of a Will Special last year as well, actually. Uh, we've got Sophie Conway. And Sophie Conway, she's in that Baldor's mould, could be the beneficiary of uh, Emily Bates's departure to see a bit more midfield. If she gets listed as a forward, which she very well could, uh, that could be very good value, especially if she does move into that midfield. As average... Uh, over 50 in uh, the last four years, a high average of nearly 60 and still only 24. So there's still a lot of development there. If she's listed as a forward and can get that midfield role or be one of those rolling through there, I think we might have a forward there that's in the frame for, you know, maybe not an F1, but maybe an F2 or 3. 
Yeah. It, it, what's really interesting with Conway is her fantasy scoring over her career, the seasons four, five, six, and seven, is remarkably consistent. Mm. For someone who's quite young, 59, 52, 57, 52, yep. I just I would be shocked if she's not a winner. Because she's such a consistently good winger. Yeah, absolutely. Like I would say that that, that wing pairing with both her and Orla O'Dwyer is just such a good combination. And I think they have the midfield options. Mm. I think that like some the recruiting of something like Hampson would suggest that that's kind of the player they're looking for. Mm, I agree. And funnily enough, in terms of like super speculative players to pick from i have nothing to base this on nice that's basically all everything that we talk about so that is that is not true (laughs) if that was true i would have so much more free time in my life it would be incredible i just can't shake the idea that aura dwyer is so good when she is around the ball yes she moves at a different speed out of Congestion. Now, quite often she's just sprinting up and down a wing, and in 2022 she was injured, and I don't know if she got up to those same heights. I think she had a few games at the beginning of Season 6 where she looked incredible before she did a shoulder. Yeah, well, she started with a 106 in Round 1 in Season yeah. 6. Which at that stage everyone was like, oh, let's get on, get on board. Let's get, let's get her all the way. And it, it, she's a winger, right? She's a hundred percent a winger. I think that is the the natural position of someone of her size and her speed. But if I was just applying, like the there's this really interesting idea that talked about all the time with with the NFL, which is like you want to create your wide receivers like a basketball team. You want some smaller players. You want some like medium sized, you know, players. You want everyone to be able to do lots of different things. That mix of skills inside the Brisbane midfield is lacking, I would say, the biggest element it lacks is speed. Mm. Agreed. Or you could say that it doesn't have the same kind of speed and quickness because I think that they are slightly different things. If you wanted to talk pure speed, it's all the Dwyer. If you wanted to talk quickness, because I think that's what Bates has, that quickness and endurance. Mm. She wasn't a super high-speed yeah. player. Speed of hand, speed she, of thought. Speed of hand, speed of thought, kind of quick movements, and then she could just keep running and running and running and running and would always come back for short kicks, and she also had a really good left foot. I think if you want quickness, it's doors. But if you are Craig Stasevich and you're like, who has the speed, it's O'Dwyer. Yeah. She's a freak. Look, we could continue debating who's going to fill into that Brisbane midfield for for days and days here, so I think we might wrap it up there. Because... <laughs> For for anyone who's playing along at home, the players that we talked about there are potential midfield option to replace Emily Bates, potential midfield option to replace Emily Bates, Ruck, potential option to take scoring away in the absence of Emily Bates, and then potential rookie who played as a midfield, as a junior, potentially she could play and take some scoring off the whole field by lost, sorry, in Emily Bates. And then the final two players we discussed are options to throw in the midfield that are more speculative than the others in the absence of Emily Bates. Yeah. So clearly that's going to be a big focus for, for us and everyone else this year. <laughs> so who at Brisbane is it going to be? <laughs> so we're going to, wrap, we're going to wrap it up there because otherwise we're just, just going to talk about this forever. Um, 
Check out our socials on uh, Twitter and on Instagram for the best 21 where you can go through and pick who you think is going to fill that Emily Bates size hole. We've clearly got no idea. Um, it's doors. <laughs> it's bell door season, baby. Bell door season. It's bell door season. Um, I've been Will. You've got my co-host, Liam. Liam, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Liam AFLW Fantasy. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at WillH underscore VI and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FreeKickWPod. We will be doing our next episode, which will be Carlton very, very soon. So stick around for that later in the week slash tomorrow. We're not quite sure how we're releasing these. Uh, well, I've been Will once again. Liam, thank you so much. Signing off, everybody. See ya. Catch you later. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FreeKick. What is our Instagram show? FreeKick Fantasy Pod W, something like that. <laughs> free no. Oh, FreeKick W Pod. How uh, did you get this far? Oh, I got so far without f***ing up.